Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. days have felt like fall. I mean, the weather has been perfect. 
and uh, and I'm afraid it's spoiling us for what's still to come, you know, because we've got some we've got some hot days still ahead of us. But uh, your weather in Albuquerque is what kind? Oh, today we'll be in the 70s. I just sat outside for a bit, and it was absolutely lovely. We're beginning to see a little bit more balloon action um, up in the air in the early morning and certain certain hours in the late afternoon. Um, we're going into, you know, fall. October is Balloon Fiesta, International Balloon Fiesta Month, and ballooning goes on all around here, but it's kind of fun. It's like we're starting to see the sky populated a bit more. So that also tells oh, wow. us fall is fall is coming. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, fall's my favorite time of the year and uh and it will be here before you know it. And then winter and then back into spring again. So the time just flies. Mm-hmm. But um time's gonna fly today on the show because we have a great couple joining us and a couple of my favorites as a matter of fact. Who's joining us, Bobby? We have Shane Gousset and his wife, Stacy Lee, and we are going to be swinging from the rafters. <laughs> we are going to be swinging. And in the second hour of the show, we have uh, Mr. Dale Long, who is the founder of Western Cross Ranch, and they have an equine therapy program that works with our military. So that's all coming up on the Equestrian Legacy Radio, both on the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. But right now, let's get to swinging. Let's take a listen to a song from the Western Swing Authority. It's called Swinging from the Rafters. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Stacey and Shane. There's a place down by the water, muddy, muddy water by the trestle tracks, where the big band plays on Saturdays and the rum runs thick and fast. Come dance your girl through the curling smoke of this unholy sight. Swinging from the rafters, we went home, we thought. Go back in time just for a night when living like this was wrong. Swinging from the rafters, slide your feet to the fiddle and bass. When you run, don't you wish Don't you whisper, don't you whisper about this. He grows poppies in his field out back Although we don't talk about it Cause he's a dangerous cat Ooh, at his barn we party Steel guitar and linen glow This big band in five counties You ought to hear that drum Yeah. 
welcome But you best not take the chance Cause if Jimmy finds you sneaking around He's gonna, he's gonna make you Winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. As promised, we just heard Swinging from the Rafters, performed by the Western Swing Authority from their album Big Deal. The seven member band, the Western Swing Authority, is Canada's most recognized and awarded authentic Western Swing group. Performing together for 13 years, the band is made up of a collection of some of the country's finest touring and studio musicians. They come together to play something unique and totally their own. Fiddle player Shane Gousset describes their music as a combination of traditional country music with swing and jazz and blues mashed together. Mesmerizing lead vocalist Shane's wife, Stacy Lee, recalls it was a passion project created out of love and for the sheer joy of doing it. There wasn't an expectation for fame or success. Success has found them not only with numerous nominations and awards, but with a loyal and enthusiastic fan base eager to tap their toes, take the dance floor and swing hot, swing that thing with all they've got. Please welcome back to Campfire Cafe the winners of the prestigious 2022 Country Music Association of Ontario Roots Artist Group of the Year, Shane Gousset and Stacey Lee. Welcome, you two. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us on the show. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I've I've got to tell you, Stacey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I, I want to tell Stacey, my wife is not a bad singer, but she says she loves <laughs> listening to your, you're just fantastic. So. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You tell, you tell her, uh, you tell her that she's uh, an amazing vocalist too. I've had the opportunity to catch her on some of your stuff, man. You, uh, you got yourself a talented one there. <laughs> I did pretty good. I did pretty good. You did. But uh, Shane didn't do bad. <laughs> Shane didn't do bad either. And, you know, I was trying to think this morning. Every day. Sorry. I'm, I'm married up. <laughs> yeah, we both did. We both did. Yeah. But I was trying to think this morning, uh, and I we may have talked about this, but I was having a hard time remembering. How did the two of you guys meet? <laughs> well, we met uh, – when we were both in university, actually. So we went to... Uh, we were babies. We were born babies when we met. Yeah. It, so I, wow. we were both going to Wilfrid Laurier University and uh, a bar with a country band. And uh, and she came in that night with her Powder Puff Football League. And, uh, 
and and the break she came up and started talking to me and telling me that she was a singer and she was new in town and she was looking for bands to play with so you know gary i'm i'm no dummy like i was like okay well i know lots of people in town you should probably give me your phone number <laughs> and uh and so she did work like a charm and turns out you know she really really was a singer and, and a great one and uh yeah, we've been together ever since. I had to wow, talk her into, wow. like, you know, actually dating. <laughs> Here's my question. After you started dating, how long did it take before Shane popped the question, Stacey? Oh, oh this is a, this a bone of contention, sir. I'm not going it, to. It, we were together for six years before we got married, but five before he popped the question. So it, we were, oh, wow. he, he wanted to be real sure. <laughs> To be fair, I was. You know, there's. That's yeah, there, there's something something about these musicians that seem to be awfully slow about popping the question. <laughs> that's okay. That's it's worse. It's all it right. is worse. Right. We needed to be sure. It was a pretty big. You know, we we were still pretty young back then too. When I think about it now, even even five years, you know, my our kids now are getting to be you know, sixteen and almost thirteen, and I'm thinking, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm wow. Well, well, I was going to ask, how many years now have you been married? How many years together? Married. It's going to be 20 in October. Wow. 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 So the 20 in October and a total of 26 years is pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Most of them have Well, been let's get to some more. Most. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there are a lot of couples that wish they could say that. I'm going to tell you, but uh, let's let's get to some more music and come back and talk with uh, Stacey and, and Shane in just a minute. Let's listen to Cowtown Queen, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> Down there in Texas Cowtown Queen is all she wants 
now she's double stepping two time and down Mary She says that this is my face and there's no place left for me. Yeah, she's double stepping two time and down Mary Texas. The countdown queen is all she wants to be. Yes, the countdown queen is all she'll ever be. Town Queen. We're talking with Shane Gousset and Stacey Lee of the Western Swing Authority, and that was from their album, Now Playing. So I have a couple questions for the two of you. We'll start with this one. Um, the last time we chatted, I think COVID had taken hold. I know on, an, on the previous set list, we played a wonderful song, This Old Bar, and I happened to rewatch that video last night, and I wondered as things have opened up again, the um, the owner of the commercial tavern where you got your start is that um, bar back open? Are the a lot of the places that you played are they open again? Uh, well, to be quite honest, that place is still closed uh, and uh, it's up for sale actually. So uh, oh. we're we're sad oh. to say that. Um, it's, it's still on the market, um, and a few of the places that are in that video have closed down for good, and the, the owners and the, the venue owners have moved on to different uh, adventures. However, some of them are uh, reopened and, and hanging on. So I would, say, I would say it's about a 50-50 split right now. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> that's so interesting. I see you do have uh, you have some fun gigs that you've been doing, and I think you have a big one coming up in September. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to be back out live. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! Like, I mean, those two years <laughs> were they were tough because I mean, yeah. I mean, there were times where we couldn't even put the whole band in a room together because you know the, the the restrictions were such that we'd had too many people. And uh, wow. to get together and and play uh, together again as a band has been has been wonderful. I think it's really, I think it's given everyone a a, a whole new perspective on kind of playing together and and being a band. And you know sometimes sometimes you don't even know what you've got until you can't do it there for a while. And I I think we've all kind of come back into it with a new vigor just be, uh, from having to step away for for such a long time. Mhm, mhm. You um, uh, wonderful photos of you all after you um, won your recent uh, 2022 award. What was it like when your name was called? Oh my gosh! It's it, you know, it's, awards can't can't possibly mean you know as much as people think. But man, for us, just it it shows me that you're on the right path and people are still believing in what you do and. After having a couple of years off and having all the questions about, you know, are we going to make it? Are we going to, you know, are people still going to find that we're, you know, we're relevant? Um, it, it was just a wonderful uh, pat on the back and, and just, a, just a, the knowledge that we're still on a path that people are, are happy to travel with us is, is a wonderful thing. Mm, I'm so happy for you. Wow. So happy for you. Wow. I know the oh, next wow. song I think that Gary is planning on is um, in the middle of the song, um, a duet with our good friend Carolyn Martin. You want to tell us a little bit about that song before he plays it? 
Oh, my gosh. Well, we had to do that one over Zoom, even before COVID times, because, uh, because Ms. <laughs> Carolyn, obviously, uh, we, don't live, we don't live very close by. So but Yeah, we wrote that, wrote that with her, and I think the, the plan was always to, to write and record that song. I think we came up with the idea for it, and then the, the plan was always to write it and, re- and record it with, with Ms. Carolyn. Um, we've known uh, Carolyn and David for a long time. They came, in, they came up to Canada in, I want to say, 2013, and played a show with us just strictly based on a conversation we had over Twitter. Wow. <laughs> we wow. We somewhere and we made the comment in it, things like, boy, I'd love it. You guys, they were coming somewhere reasonably close. And I said, boy, it'd be great. You guys come up here. We'd love to play play a gig with you. And and they came back and said, well, let's do it. And, 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 and we did. And once, we, once we picked Shane's jaw yeah. off, off the floor, then, uh, <laughs> then we, got to, we got to plan in it. Yeah, we've been fast oh, friends gosh. ever since. And they're oh. the sweetest. Best yeah. biscuits out of Texas. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. As I listen to this song, there are three women whose voices come to mind that I think are some of the best. And one of those was Dawn Sears, who was with the Time mm-hmm. Jumpers. Mm-hmm. The other was Carolyn Martin, who was also with the Time Jumpers. <laughs> and the third one is You Know Who. Stacy Lee. No. So let's take well, a listen because this is two two of the best. And uh and let's take a listen to this song right now. It's called In the Middle of the Song and we'll be back.
that's where it all goes wrong And you find out you've been playing second fiddle all alone When she leaves you like you left me And I know you won't forget me Cause you left me in the middle of the song Wow song in the middle of the song it's the western swing authority with oh. carolyn martin and uh yeah and as ever get that's down to nashville i think I th- yeah it's it's absolutely gorgeous uh shane i think you played the grand Ole opry before haven't you i have actually yeah i came down and i got a chance to play the opry with an uh another canadian artist by the name of dean brody and he was down and uh and I was up playing with him, and, and we got to do it, and it was amazing. I was something I kind of always wanted to do. Uh, honestly, I think the only only other bucket list when it comes to the opera right now is I just love to have I'd love to have the Western Swing Authority on there someday. Um, that would be a well, that would be a real dream come true. But uh, it's it's a pretty magical place. And we, you, you know, when you hear about it and you listen to it and you see it on TV for years and years, and, and then you know to get a chance to walk out there is uh, it's a pretty surreal experience. Wow! Uh, did you did you go? Did you get stand in the circle at all while you were there? You know, I did. Uh, well, I like kinda, the magic on, circle. Was, it is. It sort of was. It was stage. I was on stage left, and so uh, obviously Dean was in the circle. But as I walked by, I made sure I. Kinda, <laughs> Stuffed my big <laughs> on there, and I bent down and sort of touched it, and then uh, and then went to my mic just because uh, I remember walking out. And I was I was nervous walking out to do that, and um, but I remember thinking, you know, you never know if you'll ever get a chance to do something like that again. So you know, make sure mm-hmm. that you you don't get so in your own head about you know what you're doing up there that you don't take a minute and and enjoy it. So I did. I got a little bit on my boots and on my right hand. That was about as much as the first Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, it's a pretty cool venue to be able to do that. So, do you, do you guys ever get down to Nashville to uh, to do any writing or recording? Well, um, we have been down in the past, not to write or record. Although uh, we are uh, recording a new album. And uh, we'll be going down at the in the very beginning of January, and uh, we will be down in Nashville, and we will be recording <laughs> while we're there. Wow! Wow! You well, I, I guess, I, and I think there's somebody that you need to call when you get down here. You know, <laughs> make sure you have my number. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get together with you guys. Yeah, at least oh, one. Great. At least one. Well, there's yeah, another great song great. we want to get to real quick. It's called Rocket to the Moon. Tell us about this song. <laughs> it's a fun tune. Um, that's such a fun tune. Um, that's a Colin James and a Little Big Band tune, and it's from, oh, gosh, many years ago. This is probably from the beginning of our relationship. We've been listening to a band. Uh, Colin James is a, really a, a blue Blues guitar, guitar play, a blues guitar player, and he had some pop success actually a little bit as well. Um, from about I want to say 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago, he's been around for a long time. Uh, but his project, uh, Colin James and the, Little, and the Little Big Band, uh, really inspired us, even as a Western swing band. Um, they had some real hot uh swing hits and 
So that was one that we stole from them, and uh, and right. I love it. That was a tune we used to when we were dating in the in the early '90s. Uh, I would say we're early to mid '90s, and that song was out at the time. We used to go out and and hear them play and dance to that song. So it, was, um, it just seemed like an appropriate tune for us to cut. All right. All right, so if you're listening to the radio today and, and joining us on the Campfire Cafe, you might want to push your chair back and do a little dancing. This is called Rocket to Moon.
<laughs> featuring <laughs> Stacy Lee on lead vocals. Oh my gosh, the band in this number is so fantastic. Well, you always are, but the musicality of the band in this number just is so terrific. Why don't you take us um, a moment and tell us about some of the players? I know I saw great pictures of uh, Ed Ringwald. I recently got a new steel guitar. <laughs> Well, he did. Um, he did. He got you one. You want to tell us a little, and, a little yeah. bit about some of your band members? Sure. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Rock to the Moon. I guess we'll start with the rhythm section because that's – and songs like that are so fun to play with these guys. we got Jimmy Boudreaux playing drums and Matthew Lima on the upright bass. And uh, those guys, they've got a lot of background in, in blues and jazz music as well, so they – <clears throat> they really they know hit, how to do it. It hits different when you got a blues drummer <laughs> playing that kind of a song, for yeah, sure. It's so fun. <laughs> and then uh. you mentioned Ed Ringwald, of course. Ed, uh, Ed's got a huge musical lineage of playing with people like Ian Tyson and Gordon Lightfoot and, and Ann Murray and you name it. He's sort of uh-huh. done it all. Wow. But uh, oh. and, you know, so we're lucky. We're lucky he landed with us. And incidentally, uh, Ed was in the band. Ed and Jimmy were both in the band when the night that Shane and I met back in that. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. They were both playing in that band. So we, yeah. we, we got history. Yeah, we've been playing with those guys oh. for a long time. A lot longer than you have. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. Uh, that's so, it, yeah, that's kind of neat. And then we got Paul Chapman on guitar. And uh, and Dan, flying fingers. yeah, the flying fingers of Paul Chapman, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Dan Howlett playing uh, twin fiddle with me, and uh, just uh, it's a, we have a great we have so much fun. Uh, just everyone everyone is a great musician. Everyone's a great musician. Everyone's a great listener. So it really makes for a fun night of playing music, and you never totally know what's going to happen every night. It's <laughs> always going to be a little bit different, which is always fun. <laughs> So how often uh, how often do you this is kind of that behind the scenes um, kind of question uh, you're also pro uh, professional in what you do but do you find that you do have to practice together uh, or do you just show up for a gig and you just do it or tell us a little bit about how you prepare yeah we probably should <laughs> practice together but... I, I feel a little attacked by that guy. <laughs> No, no. We, should, no. we should, but we, we it doesn't happen near you know, as much as we would like. Just there's so you know there's so many of us and so many schedules uh, juggling. Mm-hmm. So we often it doesn't happen near as much as we probably might like it to. But in some ways, that's the beauty of the band. Kind of the glory of it, um, you know. And in the beginning, when the band first started, our first show together was the first time any of us had played together. So there was what? no rehearsal oh, even. My gosh. Uh, even yeah, prior yeah. to that gig. Now, we had played together in other projects, but we had never played yeah. any of those songs together. It was kind of just to throw it up in the air and see what stuff oh. let's, let's sent a message to everybody and said, oh, you know, I'd really love to do this. What do you think? And and Paul said, we can we can do it at his place. And, uh, you know, we thought we'd try this house gig. And uh, we sent out a song list. We, just, we started picking songs between everybody. What about this one? What about this one? And then we just all showed up and did it. And that was what happened for years. We would do this house gig, and sometimes people would ask for songs that we'd never played before, and we'd be like, hey, you know, we would kind of everybody look at one another and go, yeah, I played that one before. Yeah, I think I can do that. And we just do it. <laughs> the, the blind leading the blind for, for some, but for some little... of the best arrangements that we have come up with have been from that yeah. exact thing, just trying it out a few times and 
Yeah. So the, what's funny, you know, before we record, we do like to sit down and talk about uh, arrangements and just sort of play through songs because like, for us, that's how arrangements happen. It's, it's rare that it just is, Hey, we're going to do it like this. It's like, we play it and then something happens in that pass and, and everybody goes, Oh, that was neat. And we should jump on that <laughs> or we should harmonize this. Or, and, and that's kind of how it comes together. And then of course you go into the studio and it's still, it morphs again, but, um, yeah. And then we end up with the arrangement that we keep. And even at that, it's funny when we're listening to some of these recordings that you've got, I, I, I hear things and I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't do that like that anymore. <laughs> it's turned into something else now. Right? Yeah. So when you are, um, you know, you have a gig, you're, you're uh, performing live. Do you go in, um, Shane, and the group kind of knows a playlist or do you just kind of call it out or you... You know, you 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 tap the bow on the fiddle a couple times, and they all know this means we're doing. You know, <laughs> like do you do you go in prepared or do you just call it somehow, and then everybody just knows that's what a we're doing next. A little of both. A little, a little of both. I would say we would we would come up with a set list and then be open to suggestions. Yeah, so which okay. is usually what happens. So often you'll hear one of us utter the words. Well, here's a song we've never done before, and just to, and and that will happen. Or here's a song we haven't done in a long time, but somebody maybe asked for it. But we usually go in with a with an idea of what we're going to do, a set list, and then often things might morph just depending on you know you you kind of the crowd will sometimes dictate what you're going to do mm-hmm. when you kind of get going, sure. and you can you can sort of get sure. a sense of well maybe what they're going to be into, and so you can do that too as well. Okay, now here's and then well, I'll turn it back uh, to Gary. I've but watched... here's... Go ahead, Bobby. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that, you know, when you watch (laughs) really good musicians, uh, they can sit there and it's almost like they've been doing it, you know. They can play with somebody they haven't played before and they can just suddenly pick it up and and add so much to to the music and sound that's happening. And and, uh, that's what happens when you have great, great musicians performing together. And I think it's awful cool. That's true. Awfully cool. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're spoiled. We're very spoiled. Yeah, yeah. We, it's a great yeah, bunch of players. Yeah. yeah. So well, the I next song we're going to get reason. to. Go, go ahead, Bobby. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to hear the reason. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> well, I I was going to say that's one of the reasons that we all miss and are so eager to get back to live performances because there is that um, excitement of um, energy between performers and uh, the impromptu things or, you know, that the CDs and MP3s are great, but they don't replace the fabulousness of the energy of a live performance and knowing that you may hear it very differently than you heard it from the studio, you know. That's so. it. And I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, that's the magic of being in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Being, you know, being in or being at the festival or all those little bits and things that aren't exactly the same, the laughs, the jokes, the inside, you know, the intimacy mm-hmm. be, between the people and the band. Um, there really is a special magic there that you can't totally capture in an online or a Zoom or a, you know, or even an MP3 recording. Like I've, I have mm-hmm. music that I love listening to, um, but 
man, there's just a different experience when you get to to feel it live. I think that's the difference between hearing something and feeling something. Maybe feeling I it. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's true. That it, is true. A live performance, I think, is unique every night. That's so it. when you go mm-hmm. to see a show and you're sitting in the audience. Uh, that show is unique to that particular night for for many different reasons, and you know, and so that is kind of a special thing as a as a That's concert goer. You go to hear a show, or go to a dance, or go to a festival, and you know that night is for you, and it's it's never going to be quite the same again as it was that night. Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. That's true. Next song that we want to get to is one called "After the Leaving," and uh, Russell mm-hmm. Declare. Is, is singing with you on this one? Tell us about Russell. Yeah, tell us about Russell. Russell, Russell DeCarl is, uh, I, I'm not going to lie, he's the smoothest cat in the Canadian music business. He's, uh, he really is. <laughs> he mowed Jane's lawn in front of him several times, but uh, man, he's just got one of those voices that's kind of unforgettable and suave and uh, um, was the front man for a band called Prairie Oyster for Ever, which is a huge oh. band up here, huge band up here, and uh, wonderful, you know. And they tunes. they started out as a western swing band as well. Yeah. Um, and then wow. uh, they became a little bit more. I want to say commercial country because they were always very unique. They were always on the on the edge. They were uh, they, a little bit more contemporary in terms of the way that they attacked things, so that they did get some top forty um, attention. Attention. But, but such a unique band, and then. Yeah. Um, when, when, and that was for years, that, was that for band. Years, and yeah. then Russell, now he still plays on his own and, and writes, and, uh, oh, he's he's fabulous. He usually works with a trio now. Yeah, but he is, he, he's a smooth cat, let me tell you. Like, yeah. more than one occasion that I've walked backstage and <laughs> I've caught Russell serenading Stacy in the dressing room, just sitting there with uh, the guitar, <laughs> smooth as anything, and I'm like, oh, what the heck's going on here? You know, I look like a, uh, like a Disney character. I've got butterflies coming out of my eyeballs, and <laughs> well, this is a great song. It's called After the Leaving. We'll be back in just a moment. She gave me one 
Stacy and Shane Gousset. They are the founders and the leaders of the Western Swing Band, and they're located up in Canada. I don't know if we've even mentioned that or not, but they are Canadian <laughs> friends and just so much fun to visit with and talk with. So one of the questions that I have for you is uh, you got Russell to perform with you on that song and Carolyn on another song, and we're getting ready to go to another song with a fellow nobody's mm-hmm. ever heard of. That's Mr. Ray Benson. How do you decide who you'd like to have perform on a song? How do you know which song you want them on? Well, that... That album in particular, that was sort of the every song on that album had a guest on it, and that was sort of the we've never done okay. that before ever. Yeah, that was new to us. We'd never done that, but that was sort of the theme of that album was getting the opportunity to get all these people that had some sort of influence with, uh, you know, for us or we had worked with before or whatever the case. But I mean, I mean, if you've got a Western swing band, of course you're going to want Ray Benson on your record. I mean, that's, I can't think of. I was going to say, I can't think of anyone bigger, like figuratively and literally. He's, and know, size? He's, yeah, he's a pretty big boy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I came up to his belly button when we met. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, we were, I mean, we were thrilled that, that he would agree to do it. And, uh, I, I mean, I've been listening to Sleep of the Wheels forever. For as long as I can remember, that's been my favorite band. So, uh, I was, that really was a big deal. To get Ray on, yeah. on that record. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea for the project, though, to have somebody on every song with you? I think we had gotten to a point in in the the band's career where we had played a, a lot of, you know, we played a lot of covers. We had started to write a whole bunch of original music, which I'm so pleased to say most of the songs you've played today have been songs that, that Shane and I have written. And that's just amazing to me that, that, you know, we can still play those old traditional tunes and we can create new and fresh things as well. It just, it, it's been such a blessing the whole time. But at that point, we had had um, two albums that had had a majority of covers. So the third album came along and we had been creating uh, a whole bunch um, of new, new tunes. And so when Big Deal came, it was kind of like this opportunity to, you know, to pay homage. We've been together for a long time as a band and pay homage to where all of the the pieces had come together. So every every guest that came on to that record had a meaning of some sort to somebody in the band. It wasn't all, um, you know, influenced by, by myself and Shane. It was, um, you know, it was it was really neat to just to, to work with that breadth of, of what this band has to offer. We've also... Um... Yeah as a band uh, over the years, we've been asked several times to uh, act as the, as a backing band or, a for, house band or the house band for different like award shows, ceremonies and things where there'd be lots of different artists that would be on the show, but they would ask us if we would back them all up. So what, you know, you'd have a, what, each artist come out, do one song kind of thing. And so we started kind of tallying up a list of names at one point where we we're like, boy, who all have we actually played for? And it really, it was shocking to us. And then I think we kind of got talking about, like, who are our favorites in that collection and who was missing that we would really, really love to play with at some point. And so some of the names came from 
from that secondary list too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, this is this is a great album. That's a big deal that you're talking about. And the song that we're getting ready to do is called "Dance with Who Brung Get to the Dance." And this is the Western Swing Authority <laughs> with Mr. Ray Benson. And we'll be back. <laughs> Same of feet dancing and my hands clapping as we were going through that song. That's 
It does. I mean, I could see people driving down the highway just tapping on those steering wheels as they're traveling down the road listening to the show today. You know what it's good but, for? Uh, it's good for cleaning. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell Mary Kay that. Music. I'll suggest that to Mary Kay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you guys have absolutely been so much fun to have on the show. And, uh, and calling in from Canada, you have no idea how much we appreciate you doing that. And uh, and Bobby, Thank you so much were they any fun at all? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think we have to have them back again. You know, just to just to be sure. Just to, sure. Deal, just much to make fun sure. The next time as they were today. <laughs> all right, we'll have to plan on doing that. But anyway, where can we find your music and purchase it? And where can we find your tour schedule? Um, well, I think probably the easiest place to find everything is the website, which is www.thewesternswingauthority.com. And, uh, and otherwise, if you're looking for music, pretty much anywhere you can find it, uh, basically, you can get it. So you can order through the website. You can find it on all the stream platforms. So you can get it on iTunes. You get it through Amazon. Um, you name it. You can look us up on all our social media pages. We'd love to... Uh, keep everybody abreast of what we're doing so anything on facebook or instagram or anything like that we have all those things as well and we we love we love to have people on there to share things with so that's it and if you haven't had a chance to check out um so we do have four full-length albums available but we just actually compiled a live dvd that uh, wow. it's really cool opportunity for people to see us you know, in action, it's, it's something that you can watch, and it uh, it has some interviews that uh, that feature the the band members, and uh, it's a really cool watch. So that's available as well. Um, and the blooper reel at the end is really the worth the price of admission. <laughs> <laughs> can can I get that from your website? Yes, absolutely. Sir. Yep. All right, all right. Well, be sure and do that. These guys are absolutely great, and if you get a chance to see them in person, do that. And uh, and guess who's going to be looking for you down here in Nashville in January? Me. So we look forward to seeing you. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, We'll be pretty easy. We'll be pretty easy. Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to one more song. And again, Stacy and Shane, thank you for joining us today. This is one called Slow Boat to China. This is the Western Swing Authority. Thanks so much, guys.
men and women commit suicide each and every day. When we come back, we'll be talking with a man who is trying to change that today on Saddle Up America. In the old willow corral, dust is high through the dust. Sundown puts the sky ablaze Horses turning round Fire in their eyes And the night winds come and carry them away In a fitful sleep he sees The horses run Along the brakes that climb above the river a gray mist is rising And he sees it come He cries out But it swallows them complete Where have all his horses gone? Wild as the cold sky Vanish like
on old slippered feet A lamp burns dim in the hall While sirens wail down some darkened streets To the ears he hears them call Welcome back. It's time now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Miss Bobby Jean Bell. And we are going to welcome to the show now Mr. Dale Long, who is the founder of Western Cross Ranch. Hey, Dale, how are you? Hey, Gary, how are you? Bobby, it's uh, nice uh, to be on with you all. Wonderful. Welcome. Good, good to have you Thank have you, you with Thank us. You. Well, I started the show out talking about the fact that we have 22 servicemen and women who commit suicide each and every day. And you have cool. started a equine therapy program that helps to address that. So, Dale, give us a little bit of your background. Weren't you in the service yourself? I was. Um, so um, actually, uh, my co-founder, um, Cynthia Graham, and I were both uh, what we call uh, uh, boot camp kiddos. Um, both of our parents and, and family uh, were, were military families. And so we grew up um, in, the, um, in the military community as children and, and know firsthand all too well the effects of, uh, of fathers and mothers that have served in the U.S. military. And like so many of those children, we went on both to serve. She served in the, in the U.S. Navy during the Vietnam era, and uh, I served in the U.S. Army uh, just post-Vietnam era. Um, but so we both, uh, we both came from that kind of a background. So because of that, um, we didn't know it was called post-traumatic stress back when we were watching our fathers go through it. See, back right. in those days, uh, that was referred to as shell shock or combat fatigue or those type of things because they hadn't really, you know, they didn't, they didn't see um, the, the, the trauma that was on these men and women that served in the military as long term. They, they basically thought once they pulled you out of that environment uh, that you would basically get better. Well, that really didn't happen, but it was never addressed after they left the environment and got out of the military and moved on. Nobody tracked, um, you know, what was the effects of their time in service and deployments and stuff like that. And it really wasn't until really the last last 20 years, really, that that, that term uh, post-traumatic stress or, um, you know, PTSD, as it's commonly known as, was even a common thing in the, in the especially in the civilian world looking at the military and then also even within the military structure itself. 
Um, you know, mental health is one of those taboo things in the military that no nobody wants to admit their weaknesses. And so because right. of that, right. you uh, you mask them, as I say. We mask them. Some people mask it with uh, with alcohol. Some people mask it with uh, other addictions. Uh, it could be, you know, prescription drug addictions or non-prescription drug addictions. Um, but wh- whatever event is, they mask those or in a lot of ways they just – basically ignore them or, or um, you know, kind of pretend like they don't have them. But you never know what somebody, you know, you see all those smiling faces, and you never know what's behind the mask, Gary. Um, they right. won't share That's it right. with you, you know. Mm-hmm. So the 22 suicides a day um, is, a, is a staggering number. It really is. It's just, it, it's, it's sad to even think that that's even remotely realistic. But what's worse than that, and this is one of the things, when I started researching, um, when I, okay, so I got out of the military in 1990. Um, I didn't have any cause and effects, and I thought, you know, that uh, when, when I started hearing the terms post-traumatic stress, I kind of thought, man, I'm really tough. I'm really, you know, I'm one of those really macho guys. I, I don't have any of that stuff going on. And it wasn't until about four or five years ago that I started having some issues with my deployments and um, come to find out there's such a thing as delayed post-traumatic stress. I oh, wow. That was a thing. Wow. Um, and wow. so mine didn't start surfacing until about five years ago. And when that started surfacing, I'd been in the civilian population in, in executive management, sales management. Um, and so I didn't even really think there was such a thing. So when it started happening to me, at first I was like, wow, this is weird. Um, so I tried to ignore it and tried to move on. Um, my wife would wake me up in the middle of the night saying, what are you dreaming about? Or, or I'd be in a cold sweat, or sometimes I'd just wake up with this panic attack almost on me and not really know why, and I would have to get up and go out and sit in the living room and kind of you know, decompress a little bit and kind of calm down. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, it's time to look into this. I mean, this isn't normal, obviously. So um, I started doing some research on my own, finding out, okay, what could be causing this? And I started talking to my primary care physician, who was a very okay. intuitive guy, and I really, uh, really appreciated the fact that, that he listened to me. You know, because a lot of times you go into doctors, and if they're especially is not mental health, they certainly don't want to talk to you about issues you're having that are not physically related uh, to your health. And, but, but he wasn't that guy, and he started listening to me. And, uh, and he said, well, I know somebody you could call and talk to. So I called this person because I wasn't in the VA program at that time. I, I was on you know, private insurance, and I didn't seek to get any kind of military compensation for my, my 11 years in service. I wasn't looking to go in through the you – know, I, thought, I thought those VA programs and those VA hospitals and clinics and all that stuff really needed to be for the, you know, the, the, the individuals that – you know, we really got, needed you know, them. amputations yeah. or, you know, something like that. I didn't think I was one of those guys. So I thought, well, I'm not going to bog down that system with me. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll deal with whatever I got to deal with and use, you know, just my insurance to, to take care of me medically and all that stuff. So I stayed away from the VA. So as I started to do some research, um, I got a hold of a guy that said, um, you probably have what's called delayed post-traumatic stress. And I said, I didn't know there was such a thing. He said, yes, there is. So then I'm, I'm an investigator by nature. So I started investigating what that is and come to find out that there are a lot of people that suffer from uh, delayed post-traumatic stress. And, and what happens is it's kind of like this. 
Uh, in the military, when you go in through whatever your basic training course was, whether it was Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and now Space Force, I guess. Um, so what happens is, you know, they basically take those individuals and they strip them down to their core values. And then they rebuild these machines, if you will, these, these, these warriors, these heroes, these, these people and men and women that are going to do things that, you know, most people wouldn't even want to do consciously let alone do right. it, you know, on a daily basis. So um, they strip you down. They build you back up into this uh, this person, this new persona of who you are. Um, and I equate it like this. So they take all the bad stuff, and they lay it under a slab of concrete. And so you've been trained to push everything that happens down and complete the mission. No matter what goes wrong, push all your emotional stuff down complete the mission no matter what goes bad don't worry about it push it down complete the mission so everything is mission oriented and that's how you survive the other thing is too you know we have the camaraderie the esprit de corps the 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 unit the you know the the band of brothers and sisters that we're side by side with right and because we're all going through it we are each other's healers mentors um, you know, uh, priest, whatever it is, we share the same dirt, we share the same sweat, blood, tears. And because of that, we're a very tight unit. Well, now let's fast forward. You come back from deployment, you're, you're now no longer in the military, and you've gone and become a veteran. Thank you for your service. What a wonderful sacrifice that was. That's all great. But then it's different for everybody. That foundation, that, that concrete slab that you buried everything under, starts to get cracks. And as the cracks start to happen, weeds start going through. Mm. And once that happens, you can't push those back down again. It's too late. So what typically happens at that point is a lot of times, it, sometimes it ha- starts before they get out of the military, but certainly they start using alcohol and, and different things to medicate the pain. They don't talk about it because, one, there's a, there's a factor in all veterans that um, we understand each other, but we would never tell um, loved ones sometimes, um, anybody, of, of some of the things that we were asked to do in the service. Um, sometimes it's out of shame. Sometimes there's guilt involved. Sometimes there's just a lot of emotions that come with that. So now you're pulled out of your support element. You're starting to have these cracks in your foundation where all these things are starting to creep up. You don't know how to deal with them. And some people get so far along or so far out there that I call the abyss, they actually step off into the abyss, suicide. And once they've done that, right. there's, no, there's no coming back from that. That's the point of no return. Um, and so it's very devastating, and uh, it's very saddening that that, that actually happens. Um, but it's a reality of, of service and sacrifice that these men and women, um, I get emotional about it sometimes, pa- I apologize. Um, but they That's raise right. that hand and take that oath, and, and, and it never ends. That oath never, never ends. A, a lot of people don't realize that even though you're no longer active duty military, that oath that you took to protect and defend the Constitution against everything that attacks this country, we never walk away from it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very it's very hard sometimes to deal with those emotions, especially when you feel isolated. 
Um, some people do go to counseling, and some of that helps. Some people get help from counseling. I tried it. It didn't work for me. Uh, I wasn't good. I, I'm not a good guy at, at sharing, you know, my 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 stories and, and all that stuff of pain and, and feelings and emotion. Um, you know, I uh, I just I'm not that guy. But I had to have something an outlet to be able to deal with this. So the more research I did, and the more investigation I did about how to deal with post traumatic stress, there was something that was still coming up time after time after time that I was realizing as I was doing my self-awareness evaluation of what I could do was we talk about the suicides and the damage done to the, to the veterans. But an area that we don't really talk about is the family members. Mm-hmm. So we don't Amen. talk about what happens in the spouses. I mean, they're going through this yeah. pain with these veterans. Those spouses are living that nightmare every day with them, whether it's them waking up in the middle of the night screaming or whether it's, you know, the violence or angry or, or fears or whatever they are. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that effect. And then we don't talk about the effects on the children because they're seeing the same thing, you know, that, that, that mom or dad is seeing with that veteran. They're seeing those problems. And so the family as a whole needs to be addressed as a whole. It's, it's a family problem. It's not just a veteran's problem. And that's why the, the suicide rate and the divorce rate and the violence rate and all these things are so high um, is because we really didn't address them. We, we certainly have just started addressing them. We're just starting to touch the surface of these things. But, but initially, we didn't touch that. It was taboo. You stayed away from it. So as I was realizing this, and I said, well, we're tracking 22 suicides a day. I hate to think of this term, but I wonder how many children or spouses are mm-hmm. committing suicide because of that mm-hmm. environment. So we don't talk about Very that. Nobody talks about that. Not yeah. yet, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so, like I said, I started doing all this research, and there was something that started showing me, and I came across a study by Columbia University, and they had been doing a research on the effects of equine programs and autistic and traumatic brain injuries and and you know injured children, you know whether it was autism or or cerebral palsy or whatever it was, whatever their their issues were they were doing some research on that and you know found out how effective a horse can be helping these type of people so then they started taking it a step further and um they said i wonder how it works with veterans and their issues so for um for a couple of years they did a full-blown study on equine assisted programs and veterans and what columbia's end of the deal was I'll, I'll capsulize this a little bit was horses are a mirror of emotions whatever you are feeling and if, you, if you've never been around a horse you know that that's fine it, it, you don't have to be a horse person to understand this there's a thing called heart math it was a scientific study done saying that human beings brain puts out so many impulses and reads so many sensory things you know in a course of a day but what they found out was your heart actually does more than your brain does. It actually reads more emotions and causes an effect and, and all these things. And you have about a six-foot bubble around your body that your heart 
is sensing. You know, you've heard people say, oh, I had a gut feeling or something was weird about that or I just didn't. That's, your, that's that heart mass stuff. Your body is reacting to something in that bubble that's telling you danger or comfort or whatever it is. Well, come to find out, horses, they have a 24-foot heart bubble. So when mm. you enter into their space, they're sensitive. You know, have you heard saying a horse can tell if you're nervous or even a dog, they have the same thing. You know, they say they can tell if you're nervous, frightened, scared, whatever it is, aggressive. They can sense that. Well, that's the heart math. So with a horse, if you come into their environment and you're nervous, they're on high alert because they're fight or flight animals. And they get high alert the minute you walk into their bubble if you're nervous or anxious or fearful. They sense that. If you're aggressive, they, they alert and they run. If you walk into that bubble and you're calm, they hardly react. So they mirror whatever your emotions are. And so what happened was that Columbia University figured out that they can use this animal to be able to show the veteran how to deal with some of these emotions and things that they're experiencing. Um, and it's a very almost personal one-on-one -on -one connection between the horse and the veteran. So there have been a lot of programs out there started over the years. Uh, one that I, that I speak highly of is a group out of uh, the Air Force Academy. They're called the Remount Foundation. And uh, they work out of uh, the Air Force Academy stables up there, and they've been doing it for about nine years. And they have helped over 6,000 servicemen, um, not including the, the spouses and children, just what they've counted on the servicemen and women, um, over 6,000 people over the course of nine years they've assisted uh, with equine-assisted learning. Um, and their success rate has been so phenomenal that um, even um, over in Europe, the Germ uh, Germany has sent over some of their top docs to learn why their program is so effective and take it back to Germany for their for their veterans and their soldiers. So That's it's a great. very real thing, equine-assisted uh, therapy. It, it really it really reaches the, the individual uh, veterans one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, and, and it really is one of those things that is um, kind of magical in a way. Because horses, in a lot of ways, if you've ever been around a horse, they always give you this sense of peace once you kind of, you know, you're around them and stuff. It's just, it's, it's almost something that you can't explain unless you've experienced it. Um, and, and so I jump back now a little bit. My father, who was uh, deployed three times, one time in the Korean War and two times in the Vietnam War, um, he suffered from post-traumatic stress. But as a child, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize why my dad was angry or emotional or, or volatile or, you know, whatever he, he was going through for the day. I, I didn't understand it. Um, but I grew up on, an, uh, on a small, uh, small cattle ranch environment where um, – he uh, he was a different person when he was on a horse. Yeah, and he was yeah, tolerable, and we got along, you know. But now, as an adult, makes I look back because I know all this now, and I go, "Well, now that makes sense to me. I get it now." <laughs> so it, it is a it's, oh, a, it's a phenomenal program, and and so uh, that's that's how I got to where I am. I walked away from uh, thirty years of being in uh, executive level management, senior management, to uh, to uh, work for free on a nonprofit. <laughs> well, Dale, I want to I want to continue this conversation, but uh, as we're talking about horses and the relationship with people, 
it brings up the song that we're going to get to right now from Marianne Kennedy. It's called Horses and Life. We're talking with Dale Long today on Saddle Up America, and we'll be back in a moment to find out more about Western Cross Ranch. Horses in life It's all the same to me That's Mary Ann Kennedy. Welcome back to 
Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm Gary Holt in Nashville, Tennessee, and my co-host in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Miss Bobby Bell. And uh, we are talking with Mr. Dale Long, who is co-founder of Western Cross Ranch. And uh, Dale, fascinating listening to your story so far and, and, and how you've come to the point that you are now uh, working for a nonprofit. So how did Western Cross Ranch come about and what is it that you are doing? Well, it came about out of necessity more than anything. I started looking for a place to, to go and participate in equine-assisted learning. There, there's a couple of different ones. There's equine-assisted therapy, which is actually on the horse, which is more being on the horse and riding the horse. And then there's equine-assisted learning, which is more of a – it's combining some basic horsemanship principles with groundwork um, and obstacles on a horse – uh, that you work through some obstacles. Um, so I started looking for a facility that I could participate in, not just as a, uh, as you know, a veteran to, to be able to do it, but also wanted to help bring that attention to other veterans and, and, and bring that, that message to them. So it really became uh, my, my passion at first, which turned into my purpose, which turned into my mission, and now it's turned into my ministry, as uh, as my uh, as my pastor of a, cow, a cowboy church tells me. Um, so, what happened was I didn't, I couldn't find a place down here in this area, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, that was um, what was like what Remount Foundation was up there in Colorado Springs. Now the difference is, and I, and I let me start out by saying I praise anybody in any organization that's trying to do anything for veterans. Bless you and amen. Uh, I don't care how effective or ineffective. I just it just for trying and recognizing there's a problem and trying to be part of the solution. I'm so grateful there are people out there doing it. But what I found out when I was looking um, was that a lot of times these programs are run almost a secondary program to the main program, which a lot of these equine programs are run for children. Uh, that are autistic or have these types of disabilities. And the veteran program is a small percentage uh, participating in that program. Um, and, and so because of that, um, I was like, wow, I need more than just like – there was one day a week at this one facility I was going to that you had one hour a week is what you went to. Well, I was okay. like, one hour a week just doesn't hardly get it for me. The other problem I have, and again, no offense – but just like when I had a problem with going to counselors, if you're not a veteran and you haven't been deployed and you haven't experienced these things, you know, I, I don't know if you truly understand what I'm going through. And so that's why it's real important to me that here at Western Cross, it's run by veterans, for veterans, with veterans, because I think that that's a, it's a key element of what the success is up there at Remount. See. Billy Jack Barrett, who runs that facility, he's a, he's a veteran, and his staff is made up of veterans. And so they have, they have a core understanding of what the needs are of these veterans and what they're going through. The other thing is, too, as a veteran, I'll open up to a veteran quicker than I'll open up to anybody else in the world. Yeah. And so yeah. what we do here, um, and so because of that, basically, God and I had multiple conversations where I kept telling him, no, 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 no. And God will keep coming at you until you say amen and yes, and you just do it because eventually he's going to get you to do it anyway. 
Um, so I say <laughs> it took me a while. He had to knock me in the head a couple times and say, no, if, if this, is, this is what you need to do. So Western Cross came about from this standpoint. It was time to quit maybe kind of complaining about what's not available and just do it. Um, so in June, uh, on June 5th, uh, Dale Long and Cynthia Graham and his board walked onto the property here at Western Cross Ranch in Hazel, Texas. It's a 10-acre property that has a, a nice facility for all the everything we're going to do, and we put horses on it. And so we are working with the, the communities, both Tarrant County, Wise, Parker, all the surrounding communities. Actually, I'll take anybody from anywhere. Uh, anybody that wants to come out here and needs help at, at Western Cross, we're going to put you with a wrangler who is just going to be your guide. They're not going to be your therapist. The horse is going to be your therapist. We're going to put you through the process of, of doing equine-assisted learning programs, modules as we call them, and work through your emotions. Um, you know, it's at their pace. Some people may want to just come out here to be with other veterans. Some people may want to come out here just to sit and watch horses. There's no pressure for you to perform out here. This is all about you finding a place that's a safe haven that you can deal with those demons that all veterans are fighting with. On top of that, we're going to implement the, the spouses and the children in those programs. We want to show you a new way to communicate, how to deal with stuff positively, and, and how to open up and, and be able to trust again. These are some of the things that equine-assisted therapy and learning does for you. It teaches veterans how to trust again, how to get confidence back, how to become secure, how to reduce some anxiety, things like this. These all work together to put the family unit back together. And it's like I tell people all the time. If I can save one life, if there's one veteran, one spouse, and one child that doesn't commit suicide because of post-traumatic stress, then Spencer Western Spencer. Cross has done its job. Uh, Dale, I have a question. This is Bobby. Um, I'm, your Facebook page is quite fun, and you have pictures of um, three of the horses, the, the three, um, Vegas, Cinnamon, and Daddy, and I'm uh, Cimarron, rather, and Daddy. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about these horses and do you do they have to have some special training to help them prepare to work with the veteran and the veteran family members? Um, and where did they come from? Well, they do. Uh, I, I hand select every horse. Um, they kind of get vetted, if you'll pardon, <laughs> pardon the pun there. A veteran has to vet them. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so I, I make sure that the main, there's, a, there's a couple of key elements that these horses all share. One, um, their characters. They have to have some personality. They have to like people, okay? They, the other thing is, too, on a scale of 1 to 10, horses are rated by being hot or calm. A 1 is a, what we call a babysitter horse. They're super calm. They don't react. They, they, nothing spooks them. Uh, a 10 is a really hot, high-strung horse, you know, so – we make sure that all the horses we have here, and all three of these guys are three or better on that calm scale. So they have to be calm. They have to, you know, have to like people. The other thing is, too, um, they all have to show a willingness to, to work with the veterans. So um, I'll give an example. I have a young lady uh, who is a, a volunteer here. She's a 15-year-old uh, daughter of two Air Force um, veterans. Uh, and her mom also volunteers out here, and they work with us on the ranch. And um, she's a wrangler. She's learning to be a wrangler out here. 
and she uh, she kind of puts them through the test pattern. Um, if a if a fifteen year old can handle them, probably everybody else can handle them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the way I look at it. But they were all three donation horses. Um, you know, they were donated to us by by people that love uh, love this country and what the veterans have sacrificed. Uh, one of them is a world class national champion Arabian Western Pleasure Horse. That's that's a uh, the chestnut, uh, Cimarron, as we call him, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's won a national title in Western Pleasure at, uh, at the events and, and when his, he was in his show days. Um, then uh, Vegas, uh, which is the paint, he came to us from one of my board members, actually, um, and uh, he is a uh, top hand at uh, cross-country uh, obstacle courses. So he's very, very mm. broke and, and really knows his job and stuff like that. And then the young guy, as we call him around here, the youngster, he's a, he's a, a five-year-old. He's a little bit of a snot sometimes because he's like a typical teenager. He'll pick up attitude every once in a while. But his real name is Spot Me a Few Bucks Daddy. So uh, when, when, uh, when Cynthia, my partner, uh, founder, saw him, her and her husband bought him and, uh, and put him out here at the ranch. So my board is a board of uh, we, we we call it uh, we have a working board that gives gets or gets okay so that means they either give some money up to help us with our program they raise some money by getting it or they can get off the board because uh, this is a working board and nobody rides for free around here so um, they're all a bunch of fabulous people now I have a, a few other horses getting ready to hit our property as well um, and they're Mustangs. And um, the Mustang Heritage Foundation is a phenomenal group that I have partnered with um, because I believe so much in their cause. See, the Mustangs are much like the veterans. They suffer from post-traumatic stress of being, you know, in the wild on, on these, um, these ranges that have very little food, very little water, harsh conditions, things like that. And so they're survivors just like veterans are. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting combination when you put those two together. So we have uh, one of them that a young lady named Sally Cole, who's a trainer, she's getting ready to compete uh, in September down here in Fort Worth with a horse that, uh, that Ann Sauters, who works for Mustang Heritage Foundation, which, by the way, is on my mm-hmm. board of directors as well. Mm-hmm. She uh, mm-hmm. named the that. horse mm-hmm. Joshua from the Bible. Um, and because he's so brave and so full of courageous, he's little, but he is mighty. So he is like Joshua when, uh, when, he, when he knocked the walls of Jericho down. And so he's going to be coming to us to work with our veterans. And then um, I have, uh, it's not 100% official yet, but we're very close, that um, Mary Kitzmiller, who, if you don't know, she's a, a top-notch Mustang trainer, and, and she has a beautiful horse. And I know that she's been on your program before, Gary. Um, yes, Remington. Yeah. Um, she's on my advisory board. She gives me good advice when it comes to Mustangs. So there's a couple of Mustangs that look like are going to be coming our way. They're going to be donated that we are going to be fortunate to have Mary Kitzmiller trained. So um, we're really excited about the future uh, horses. My goal is to get 10 horses out on this property by the time we're fully staffed and fully ready to run uh, at max capacity. So we're very, very uh, blessed and and grateful uh, for all the support that we're getting, both financially, horses, 
you know, we're trying to raise some equipment needs on a ranch. There's certain things you got to have, like, you know, little, uh, what do we call mules, which are the little, uh, you know, uh, ranch utility vehicles to be able to drag arenas and round rings and muck stalls and all that good stuff with. And so we have volunteers from the 4-H that we're going to be working with. And, and uh, so the Boy Scouts of America are getting ready to start a project to build all our obstacles out here on the ranch for us. So we just have a tremendous oh, that's amount great. of support for our veterans. Uh, it's all about love. It's all about, you know, what you can do for us. It, 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 yeah, money helps. I mean, obviously, i got to pay feed bills because these fuckers like to eat. Um, but, um, but it's all about <laughs> supporting Western Cross or anybody that's trying to help veterans. We just ask that you donate. And it doesn't have to be – people think the donations have to be something large. We, we, we will, I mean, I get people that will send me $5 a month. And, and what you don't realize is that $5 a month, man, that will pay for somebody's shoe in a couple months out of the year. You know, So it's, uh, you it's, just a, it's all about what you can do to support. You're supporting the horses. You're supporting the veterans. You're supporting America. I mean, these veterans sacrificed and fought so that you can give them five bucks to help them get through their troubles and trials as they need them. Dan, when they, uh, if, if, if I'm a veteran or I'm a veteran's family member and they would like to have them or if they would like to get involved in the program, how do they do that? Is that on your website? It is. Um, you can go, my, my, that's my, I tell people all the time, I hide from nothing. That's my cell phone number all over the pages, all over the advertisements, all over our brochures. It's my cell phone number. I answer my cell phone. If I'm on the line, which I am a lot of times, I will call you back if you leave me a message or shoot me a text message. I will call you back. And if I'm not a vet, if, if maybe it's too far from you, I even help people. I helped a guy uh, last week that lives, in, uh, that lives in Arkansas find a place near him. So I will use Good. my network. I will call around. I will find some place that you can get help. If it's not here at Western Cross, I'm going to use resources, and I'm going to find somebody that we can find in your area that will help you. That is great. And they can check the website if they'd like to donate, if they're listening to this program today, if they'd like to donate and help raise money for feed or for the mules. And those are not the kind with long ears, Bobby. They're, they're big, <laughs> four wheels. Yeah. Or no, more. Yeah, actually, uh, I think one of them is called the Gator. That's my, I think, just the, the style. Everybody kind of knows the John Deere mule, I think. Right. I say the mule, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so anything they can do to help their support in any way, shape, or form. I had somebody that sent me um, a couple of um, saddle racks. So they sent us some saddle racks, and they showed up on my front door with just a little note from them saying, you know, I hope this helps. I hope you can use these saddle racks. So it, it doesn't matter. Anything you can do to help us, we'll put it to work here at Western Cross. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, we will see you in September in Fort Worth, so we're looking forward to yes, that. And, uh And looking forward to having these Mustangs come your way to be part of the program there at Western Cross Ranch. And, Dale, thank you for sharing with us. It has been very informative and, uh, and for me, frankly, uh, eye-opening as you were talking about the, uh, the, uh, the challenges that our servicemen and women are facing. And so we appreciate that very much. Give us your website real quickly. Our website is www.westerncrossranch.org. Um, and I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be on your show, Gary. 
uh, it was an honor and a, and a, and a pleasure to, to join you guys today. Well, thank you so much. So we, we look forward to having you come back and find out how you're progressing with Western Cross. But uh, Yeah, come down and see Joshua in September. <laughs> yeah, we'll see him. We'll see you there. All right, Dale, thanks so All much. Right. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Bye-bye, and, Bobby. Uh, we're gonna... Thanks so much. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. You too. We're going to listen to a song by Mr. Dan McCorson called Colorado Horses, and Bobby and I will be back in just a moment on Saddle America. Sunrise loaded up the horses, we were gone. I crossed the Vita Pass through that sweet San Luis Valley, rode along. That's one creek up ahead, 10,000 feet a mountain, we'll be there by noon. We're hauling Colorado horses down the winter need the Arizona moon Go straight on to Durango To Four Corners That old Ford was making ground We stretched the horses' legs At Tito's house Watched the desert sun go down Yeah, camp out in the nations And we listened to an Aaron sister's tune they're hauling Colorado horses down a winter neath the Arizona moon. I called the boss in Wickenburg just to let him know when we'd be rolling in. Fed the horses, fed ourselves, picked some guitar while the firelight grew dim. Then we pass the bottle around, watch the night time turn the morning way too soon. We're hauling Colorado horses, just the winter neath the Arizona They've hauled a thousand dudes into the hills They'd take us to the river Where the voice of Mother Nature won't be still Well, I ain't no big time banker But I know exactly what I should be doing That's hauling Colorado horses Down the winter beneath the Arizona moon that's hauling Colorado horses down to where beneath the Arizona moon. Mr. Dan McCorson, Colorado Horses with the song. And, uh, you know, this has been, Bobby, another just really fun show and, and very informative. Um, Stacy and Shane, I mean, I just love visiting those guys. <laughs> and so talented, so very talented, and uh, uh, and you ask such good questions. I think that's probably what makes them enjoy being on our show so much. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun, you know, and having a chance to speak, yeah, with performers and our guests. Yes, 
Yeah, yeah, and Dale was so informative. Um, Western Cross Ranch out in Texas, and you can visit their website at westerncrossranch.org to find out more about them. And if you'd like to help by making some kind of a donation, they will certainly appreciate that. But our servicemen and women deserve the best that we can give them. And uh, and we've talked about this before, Bobby, but for me, when I could just go out in an afternoon, it's been a stressful day, just to rub and pet on my horse. Just mm-hmm. It all just goes away. And so there's just <laughs> something magic about, uh, about the horse. And uh, uh, we see that from just time after time after time with all the equine therapy programs that are out there to help kids or adults or servicemen and women. Uh, it's, it's very important to take care of these people. Uh, any kind of uh, happenings without West? Um, just kind of the normal updating that we do, adding new things. Again, uh, when you go to outwestshop.com, and you are shopping, a reminder that $98 and over ships free anywhere in the U.S. And use coupon code RADIO and save $10 off a purchase of $75 or more. And let's see, um, Jim and I are getting ready to go in September for the first time ever, Gary. We're going to the Southwest um, Folk Alliance, Southwest Regional Folk Alliance Conference and um, in September, and we're going to host um, a couple, uh, we're going to host a room where people sign up to come in and do open, kind of an open mic after the day's performance. Performances, we understand that we need to be ready to stay awake till 2 or 3 in the morning in order to accommodate all of the musicians that will want to um, play in the room that we're hosting. This is happening through the New Mexico International Western Music Association chapter for uh, several years. We've had a couple of our members who have done this, and it's really helped um, to bring um, Western music to folk musicians, many of who are already performing, singing, and writing Western music without really realizing, you know, that, that that's right. what they're doing. So, <laughs> right. and we're, so we're excited to be meeting a lot of musicians. We don't know. It's in Austin, and we've never been to Austin. Uh, it oh, is wow, you'll September twenty second. Let's see, it's September twenty second. Um, well, yeah, twenty second to the twenty fifth, and um, and they do some wonderful things with DJs. So I'm I'm very excited um, to be there also uh, as a DJ. So yeah, we're we've never been to anything like this other than our own conference, you know, in Albuquerque. And uh, we're we're excited. So well, that's great. Hope Alliance is a great organization. So yeah, yeah, yep. fantastic. Uh, we'll yeah. Mention right quick that we are getting close to Equestrian Legacy Radio's Rendezvous 2022 at the Circley Guest Ranch in Winchester, Tennessee, and that is three days of trail riding, music concerts, the extreme cowboy race on saturday and uh, and i'll just mention real quickly that on friday night 
Uh, Mary Kay Holt and Tisha McKinnon will be performing along with James Seddon uh, on Friday evening. And then on Saturday, Bobby Marquez, Phoebe White, and Mike and Doris Merritt will be performing. And so it's going to be a great time. Tickets will be available for folks that are not attending Rendezvous. Uh, if you would just like to come and listen to the music, tickets will be available on Eventbrite beginning on September 1st. But it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, with 120 miles of trails, bring your horse and, and go riding. Or if you want to just come for the music and the extreme cowboy race, that'll be a hoot as well. You can find out more about that by visiting our website at equestrianlegacy.net and in the menu bar, just search for Rendezvous 2022. Well, again, it has been a fun show, Bobby, and uh, we look forward to being back next Thursday and visiting with folks on the Campfire Cafe and on Saddle Up America. And you can listen to it live at equestrianlegacy.net or on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, and I think there are two or three other podcast sources that you can find us on as well. But uh, it's been fun, and any closing thoughts today, Miss Bobby? Yes, this is from William Arthur Ward. Gratitude can transform ordinary common days into Thanksgivings. And we can all be thankful for Thanksgiving days, so. Anyway, thanks, Bobby. Thank you for listening, and be sure and join us next Thursday, beginning at noon Central Standard Time, for Equestrian Legacy Radio's Campfire Cafe, followed by Saddle of America. We're going to close the show today with a song from Miss Tisha McKenna, and uh, it's one called The Horses Knew the Way Home. Thanks for listening. Grandpa 
Johnny pulled up in an old buckboard. 